Hey there, folks, and welcome back to Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast. Of course, my name is Caleb Baldwin. You can follow me on Twitter at IamCalebB. That's IamCaleb. And then another B there at the end. Of course, as always, joined by my good friend, co-host, and producer, Eddie Cornelison, who you can follow at EDDYC85. Check out the show's Twitter account, EC underscore Hero. Our Instagram is EC HeroCast. And our Gmail is ECHeroCast at gmail.com course search for this podcast of course you're listening to it right now but you know look for it wherever you download your podcast also check me out every thursday morning on the grave consequences podcast which is a part of the social suplex podcast network this episode is going to drop on the 26th of january and with that being mentioned eight days from the release of this episode will be the return of the grave consequences podcast so season three is going to start up we've already got our first two episodes in the can, you know, things are a rolling. Eddie, how are you on this lovely Tuesday, January 11th evening, sir? Oh, uh, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. It's very cold, but, you know, it's to be expected in the winter. So Yeah, winter in Ohio, it's not surprising. No, no, it is not. <laughs> Let's see. Um... Shout out to the dogs, national champions, man. Yeah, how about that? Of course, it'll, this is going to be too dated by the time it comes out, but whatever, you know, we can't predict the future. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was a uh, mostly boring game, I thought. Uh, third yeah. quarter got a little interesting, but uh, eh, yeah, I've seen better, but I've seen worse. So, uh, Yeah, I mean, I feel like it got really good in the second half, but uh, no, you have seen worse. You saw the, uh, well, actually, either the 2012 or 2013 national title game, both ones that were won by Bama, the first against LSU and the other against Notre Dame. But oh, that LSU one was so bad. <laughs> it was it was miserable. That, I was a miserable yeah. Oklahoma State fan, but yeah, yeah. But <laughs> well, I mean, we'll you know, college football's behind us, so yeah. Now we got the uh, super wild card weekend coming up here in real time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And my boys, my San Francisco 49ers are partaking in the second ever slime bowl i am excited well just be careful because um i've heard from bears fans when you are losing and i believe they lost kind of badly they did it's uh it really makes it worse when you see the other team score and then the slime cannons go off and you're just sitting there on your couch you know it's just it adds to the pain I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I need more nostalgia this year. There wasn't a lot of nostalgia last year. Um, and, and I need that in the Nickelodeon game. Well, I would say don't hold your breath. This is for kids of this generation, not your generation. Well, I don't care because parents are going to be watching it. Mm-hmm. So just throw some in for the parents. Yeah. You'll get SpongeBob and you'll like it. There's not going to be any Pete and Pete or, uh, I don't know, whatever else was on Nickelodeon in your time. Oh, man, Doug. Rug, Rugrats is still on the air, I believe. Mm. Oh, yes, it got rebooted. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Rugrats, Doug, Ren and Stimpy, yeah. uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple, you know. Hey, we, we've been talking for, like, five minutes, and we have not mentioned the name of the movie we're reviewing this week. Uh, yes, this... G.I. Joe. Anyway, Global Guts. Um, yeah. <laughs> what was the... Oh, Nick Arcade. That was a good Double one. Double Dare. Double... Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Double Dare. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what Would You Do? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the... Uh, Camp on Awana. What is it? Salute Your Shorts. Salute Your Shorts. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, good times. Good times. Camp on Awana. You make me want to fart. Yeah. Hey, dude. That was one. Yes. yes. Man, good times. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's uh, G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. Yes, G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. Eddie, what were you doing on well, – pardon me. What is your history with G.I. Joe? Because I'm going to be upfront with you. I'm a bit younger than you, of course, 10 years younger roughly. So I have like almost none. With G.I. Joe – man. Well, here's the thing with G.I. Joe. I was a great admirer of their figures. I loved they had a 
a, a ton of toys. I was a big fan of them. They had a lot of great vehicles. Those were good. You can't go to like a toy show without seeing that giant aircraft carrier uh, that every kid wanted. That was like it's like five hundred dollars at toy shows now, but it was it's yeah. huge. It's like a, you could fit on this desk, like so. And uh, yeah, problem is the figures were like four inches tall, and you know, I had a pretty good collection as a kid of Spider-Man, X-Men, Batman, Power Ranger figures that are like six, whatever, inches tall. Ninja yeah. Turtles were in there. And, uh, yeah, the G.I. Joes just didn't fit. And, look, I, I like to – look, it, when I was a kid, there were no forbidden doors. Everything was wide open. Batman could fight with the X-Men. You know, the Ninja <laughs> Turtles could, could beat up, um, you know – uh, Magneto. Well, uh, it, it did matter. So the fact funny. that yeah, GI Joe were just too short. Yeah. But well, that... well, I will say this: I did love the show. Yeah. Uh, I liked Sergeant Slaughter, and then when I saw him in wrestling, I was the first time I saw him, I was greatly confused why he was an Iraqi sympathizer. <laughs> that didn't make much sense to me. Yeah. It's like, hey, I remember him from the cartoon. And so I did watch the cartoon. I think I own the G.I. Joe cartoon movie, which was superior to this. But, mm. uh, yeah, it's uh, it's actually a – that's really actually a bizarre movie. But uh, Scott Burgess Meredith is the voice of the villain, so that was cool. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. You know, it's funny you mentioned the, the forbidden door of uh, toy fighting. Uh, of course, you know, that that does not exist when you're a kid, of course. But that reminded me, of course, with uh, Cobra Kai coming out on New Year's Eve, technically last year, someone had found in their Walmart a box or a, a toy box of um, Johnny Lawrence versus, I believe, Michelangelo. Hmm. Yeah. That's bizarre. That, but that'd be a that, good fight. And I think uh, Danielson... Uh, has one as well. I can't remember which uh, Ninja Turtle he uh, he is paired with, but either way, hmm. just a cool little tidbit. Yeah, Cobra Kai. Also an That's avid a, uh, Cobra a, Kai. Yeah, such a great show. Yeah. Although uh, <laughs> it really is. I I mean, look, I've seen them. I haven't seen the next Karate Kid, but I was half expecting Hillary Swank to show up at the end. Yeah. Uh, but they're really pushing it as far as like people's knowledge of it. Like, uh, yeah, as great as Terry Silver was in Karate Kid Three, not many people saw it, and they're just like, "Yep, you all saw this, right? Here he is." It's like, well, most like my mom watched it. She's like, "Who is this guy with the ponytail?" <laughs> I'm like, "You never saw Karate Kid Three, did you?" And like, "No, I never saw him past the first one." Like, yeah, well, most people didn't. <laughs> Here's the thing. I will say this as someone who didn't watch either of the sequels. I still can appreciate, and this is mostly through a guest on the show last week, Josh Davis, but I can still appreciate these other side characters like like John Kreese, like Chosen, like uh, like Terry Silver, you know, uh, just through the flashbacks and everything and how, you know, we saw like why Terry Silver was so loyal to uh, John Kreese with their Vietnam connection and everything. So yeah. that, you know, I can still, you can still appreciate those things even without having seen the sequels. I will say that. that that's true. I will say Terry Silver is the only reason to see the third one. His character is so insane. It's yeah. pretty great, but the plot is, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's cool because like he, gets Daniel to join Cobra Kai and like he uses, he manipulates him and everything. And that part's cool. But then the end is literally just the end of the first movie. Terry gets his guy and, uh, they fight in the end of the tournament and Daniel wins and the end. And it's like, okay. Yeah. No, um, you, you were right. But like, here's the thing. Cobra Kai, the show itself, not so much, you know, the, the sequels to the karate kid, but the show itself, Cobra Kai, is like everything professional wrestling should be, in my opinion. It should. It does it better than anyone. And, yeah. Uh, 
It, it does it better than any wrestling I have ever seen in my life, and that is not an exaggeration. No, I think you're right, and it does, um, you know, it's got the twist ending. Because, uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I I think me and, like, just a million other people made the same point, so I'm not taking credit for it, but uh, I had uh, responded to someone on Twitter who made the same point, point. I'm like, and even this season, it ended with a swerve. And then he responded, well, it also had the uh, the non-finish. So yeah. I, won't, I won't spoil anything if you haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, we're not going to spoil anything because, quite frankly, after you guys listen to this episode, we want you to go through and watch Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. And not Rise of Cobra. Yes, different, no, not... Same animal, different, hey, hey, different movie. Outro, outro this week, You're the Best by uh, Joe Esposito. All right, yeah, that could work. What did I have in mind? I don't... Maybe I didn't have anything in mind. I think I did, but it wasn't anything... Man, I don't remember what I had in mind. <laughs> Probably they wasn't very good then. They should have just done G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra Kai, and the main bad guy is Johnny Lawrence. Or oh, I know what it was going to be. It was um, it was this song from... I might have actually used this before. It was yeah. a song from Rocky, like, two worlds collide, rival nations. Uh, uh, but, I don't know uh, why. I can't uh, think of the name of this. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I thought I was, okay, you're just ignoring me then. That's that's cool. Um, what did you say? <laughs> nothing, nothing. I was just making sure you could hear me. Uh, Eddie, the, this movie was released on August 7, 2009. I would have been a measly 14, going on nearly 15, at the time, of Burning course. Heart by Survivor. Yes. Okay. The burning Heart. Yeah. I feel like they use that in Co- Don't they use that in Cobra Kai? Uh, maybe. Like, I feel like that was actually in season four. No, well, that's possible. You know, I only mention it because it's it's from the Rocky, and they do it's it's supposed to be America versus Soviet Union, but yeah, you know, this is a kind of a war movie too. So yeah, yeah, this is a espionage and everything. Um, August seven, two thousand nine. Man, I'm gonna be honest with you. A high schooler, or, pardon me, a kid who lives in middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, fifteen, doesn't have a driver's license, leads a pretty boring existence in the summer. Although, although this uh, around this time would have been when the tickets were purchased for me to go to SmackDown at the BOK Center in Tulsa. That event, of course, would happen a month later. We'll talk about that when we get there. But that's actually the first wrestling event I uh, end up going to. Of many, by the way, for what it's worth. Hmm. Well, my summer of uh, 09... uh, Look, this is you know, what we were doing at the time, and, um, you know, sometimes in your, in your past, uh, people make mistakes, and you do, I don't want to say bad things, but, uh, you do ill-advised things, and basically I screwed up really, really bad this summer, and I'm still paying it for it today, because that is when I opened up a Twitter account. Oh, man. I know. So stupid. And it lured me in. And it was good at first. And you would have people, you could use a hashtag, and you get random people who would appear in your mentions and be like, hey, I agree, man. That's awesome. And now it's like, hey, I disagree, and I hope you die. And, yeah, uh, fuck, you yeah. racist piece of shit. Yeah, my first tweet was, just woke up from a nap. So. Oh, my God. you're That's... That's milk toast, bruh. I didn't know what else to put. I didn't know what it... I still didn't know what it was. <laughs> I'm like, well, here's what I did. I don't know. What does that mean? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's like the Pete Holmes bit about Facebook from 2011. Adam is eating a Trisket. <laughs> yeah, no, I never I never did that, but... Yeah, oh, that's about what that. I was doing, uh, doing this. Yeah. Oh, and watching this movie in the theater, which I... That's my you history watch- with it. So you watched this in the theater? I did, because I um, did like G.I. Joe. I watched it in the theater, and I haven't seen it since. Fair enough. Fair enough, sir. All right, we're in the time capsule already. The number one song. I got a feeling you know this one. I got a feeling by the Black Eyed Peas. 
Uh, yeah. You see what I did there, pal? It's not the first time we'll be talking about the Black Eyed Peas this episode. Yeah, I got a feeling that uh, this was not a good movie. Oh, that being said, the champions in wrestling at the time, the WWE champion on Raw was Randy Orton, the ECW champion. Through his second run, actually, it was Christian and the WWE, or pardon me, the World Heavyweight Champion on SmackDown for the last time. Jeff Hardy, uh, just roughly maybe a week and a half before he would uh, lose the title and leave the company. In TNA, Kurt Angle, your TNA World Heavyweight Champion, and in Ring of Honor, in his second run that maybe you didn't know about, maybe it slipped your mind, Austin Aries, World Champion. Hmm. Yeah, well. quite a quite a murderer's row there, quite frankly. Not honestly, not really, not a bad talent in the bunch. Of course, Austin Aries is kind of a dickhead, and people won't book him anymore. But you know, he's still talented. Hey, listen, he knows people who have gotten the vaccine and died. Yeah, and he also gave Thea Trinidad a promise ring. So <laughs> yeah. there's that. I know someone who got the vaccine and died too, Betty White. Shut up. <laughs> Uh, Hulk Hogan. Did that happen like 10 weeks or 10 days ago? What are you talking about? What did Hulk Hogan say? He said, uh, you didn't see my meme in the Seinfeld group? Uh, I didn't. I saw it, but I don't like, what's the... Well, he, he said, he, he was responding to someone and he said that like, oh, you know, uh, Betty White and, um, he's like, uh... Oh, shoot. Who was the other guy? It was the musician that just died. Um, Sidney Poitier? Yeah, Sidney Poitier. Uh, he, uh, he's just like, oh, well, you know, they got the vaccine and they're dropping like flies. And it's like, you know Betty White was 99, right? Like, nobody was going to be like, oh, I can't believe it. That was so soon. Like, no, yeah. she was she was 99. That's that's a, that's That's pretty long. You know, that's a pretty long life. Bob Saget, 65, that's not so much, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, I heard he uh, was murdered in a well. Yeah. It's okay, he would want it that way. <laughs> some people don't get that. Yeah. Well, some people should watch Comedy Central roasts. Yeah, I'm sorry, dude, but, uh, you know, not everyone has time for that, pal, but yeah, Seriously, like any any Norm McDonald set on, which I think that was the only roast he was on was the Bob Saget one. But watch that; it's it's really good. But enough about that. Enough about that. Well, also, watch the Greg Giraldo uh, set from that roast as well. R.I.P. to him too. Yeah, man, that is. He was. I re, I read. I was he had a drug problem. Yeah, he did. I think it was his was an accidental overdose, I believe. But or maybe I'm confusing him with someone else no i don't think i am anyway because uh, i watched that after when bob saga was announced i went back and watched those things from the roast and his was hilarious but i didn't realize he died in 2010 i'm like geez i thought it was only like five years ago and it's like no it's 11 <laughs> okay time time goes by quick i guess yeah no you're not wrong but no his his wrong. set was really good yeah, hold on. I gotta pull up the Wikipedia for this movie, or for the director rather. For the director. Yes, I want to see. I, I have to go back and see. You know what else he did. Well, I can tell you what else he did. The Mummy. Oh, that's him, <laughs> Stephen Summers. Yeah, Mummy, Mummy Returns. Uh. Yeah, you couldn't Van tell Hull. by the cast. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who am I? Uh, who am I missing? Or, yeah, who who was the uh, crossover here? Oh, you had Brendan Fraser. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brendan Fraser in his uh, uncredited uh, role. Yeah. And uh, Arnold Volslow. Yep, that's it. The Mummy. Oh. I think there was another one. Yeah, um, Kevin O'Connor. He was Benny. Oh, that Mick piece of crap. <laughs> so racist. Uh, I can. I'm Irish. I can say that, pal. Oh, all right. And also, if if uh, anyone's like, oh well, he's actually Scottish. So am I. So stop. 
Hey, the budget and box office here. This had a box office of three hundred two point five million, a budget of one hundred seventy five million, which leads to a profit of one hundred twenty seven point five million dollars. That's very good. No wonder it got a sequel. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty solid, I would say. Probably sold a lot of toys as well. And yeah. Puts it at twenty. A lot of, a lot of Tatum. Yeah. Puts it at yeah. twenty-seven on our list, in between mm-hmm. Superman two and The Incredible Hulk, and that uh, inflation is one sixty-five point two million. Yeah. So. Uh, there, there's a litany of people we could talk about, but, uh, how, how about Channing Tatum, Marlon Wayans, Dennis Quaid, um, who else, man? Well, we could talk about how Snake Eyes' mask looked ridiculous with those lips. Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. (laughs) That was the big, uh, that was the big criticism that a lot of fans had. Yeah. Those lips. Yeah. Like I wonder when oh. he when he put the mask on, does like he put his lips where the that that holder is in the mask? <laughs> like Oh my gosh. That's great. So <laughs> stupid. Like why like the minute you saw that, you should the director should have been like, Nope, that's not gonna work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Uh Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in this for like a minute. Yeah, I'll say this. A hell of a reveal. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that was good. I liked that. Yeah. Uh, don't quite understand his motivation for doing it, but it he was, was a cool reveal. He was brainwashed, that's it. Yeah, brainwashed after watching like a five-second video. Like, oh, this yeah. looks cool. Let me just throw away my whole life for it. He was like Alex from... Uh... A Clockwork Orange. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, because there, there's a lot of people we can talk about in this. Who stood out the most to you in a good way? Uh, Rachel Nichols as Scarlet, because there's one scene where she's a... Uh, oof. <laughs> Cowboy hat emoji? Yeah. I'm, try- <laughs> I'm trying to think which scene it was. It was... Oh, the... um. The gym where she's on the uh, like the stair stepper. Oh yep. <laughs> yep, that yep. works. Roll tide. Um. She's she's uh she doesn't have to worry about drowning because she's got some flotation devices. Oh my god, shut up. Those aren't buoys. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're terrible. Okay. Also, it's funny when I saw Rachel Nichols on there. I'm like, what the the ESPN lady? And then I saw the movie and I'm like, no. No. Didn't she sure. get fired? <laughs> I don't know, but I feel like there was at one point speculation she may have been having an affair with an NBA player, but I don't I can't verify that. Huh. But enough about that. What about Dennis Quaid as Hawk? You know, I I I I could Yeah, this was worked. I buy Dennis Quaid as like this old military general. I liked him better as Dick Vermeil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought he was pretty good. No, Hulk. no, that was a good that was a good casting choice. I say this as uh, someone who really has never seen GI Joe, like the the cartoon or anything. So you know, you've got that perspective. I I liked Heavy Duty, by the way. Uh, Adewale Akinui Agbaji. That that that's what you're getting out of me on the enunciation there. Fair enough. Yeah, he, his character didn't have enough to do. That's uh, a problem with a lot of the people in this movie. Not enough for them to really do, or they just like here, you're the, you're the this guy. Like, like his character was, hey, you're the unofficial leader, but you're skeptical of these new people. Scarlet, you're the hot girl. Uh, you know, Breaker, you're the tech guy, and it's like yeah. everyone's just a guy and. Yeah. Yeah. Look, th- this says here um, Wayans was cast on the strength of his performance in Requiem for a Dream. Uh, first off, the the role of Ripcord is nowhere near as dr- in this movie is nowhere near as dramatic as what you see from Marlon Wayans in Requiem for a Dream. 
Oh, I disagree. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> watching watching young uh, young adults fall into the throes of addiction, that's not remotely dramatic compared to G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Hey, military is no joke. Yeah. Serious business. Yeah, he was uh he was fine in the role. I mean, yeah. it, uh, what do you want him to do? It's G.I. Joe. Like <laughs> This felt like a uh, like a Jamie Fox type role, you know what I'm saying? And I uh, that sounds racist. It's it's not, I swear. No, I get it. Like you want someone who's like a cool badass to play yeah. Ripcord, and he he is that. Um, yeah. Maybe if they, I don't know what they're. I don't know if this. I get the feeling that the uh, Snake Eyes uh, origins is not related to this. I mean, I would hope not because it's I would assume completely different than that movie. Yeah. So, and I don't know if they're gonna make any more of those. Um, hopefully, uh, I didn't uh, think it was too bad, door. but they left the door open. But you know, we'll see what the reception is, and you know where they decide to go from there. Yeah, it's uh, what in the world? What's wrong, dude? Huh? Did you hear anything? I did not hear anything. That was scary. It sounded like like nails on a chalkboard. Maybe my house is haunted. <laughs> haunted with the... I don't know. The ghost! Oh, you know what it might be? Um, I gotta trim this. There's like a tree right outside my uh, bedroom window, and it hits... If it hits the glass just right, it might do that. Oh. That might be what it... That was scary for a second. Like... That was a really loud one, too. Like, that's way louder than I've ever heard it do. But I've been meaning to trim it ever since I heard it. And I'm like, oh, that's scary. And then I keep forgetting. But that one was kind of loud, so. Yeah. Anyway, back to uh, G.I. Joe. Uh, who what else? What about Ray Parker's Snake Eyes? That's cool. He didn't have to do anything. I mean. Yeah, I mean, know. it's a Ray Park role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't talk and just does cool stuff. I was gonna say what else? Oh, he was Toad. Okay, yeah. Darth Maul. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, wow, yeah, that is him. Um, and he was in Heroes. He was like a guy with super speed, and he was yeah. good with knives. Brendan Fraser as Sergeant Stone. We we shouted him out already, but you know, shout out again. Yep. Um. Let's Destro, see. Christopher Lexton. Yeah, I'm. I mean, this is so weird. It's like, how do you do a GI Joe movie but try to make it like serious? I don't <laughs> think you can. Yeah, I feel like. But don't. he was an over the top villain, so I can appreciate that. But it's like nobody would act this way in real life. But also, nobody in real life has a metal head, so I don't know, whatever. <laughs> That's great, man. That's great. Uh, what do you think of Sienna Miller as Anna Lewis slash the Baroness? I thought a lot of Anna Lewis. I bet you did, pal. <laughs> uh, no, she okay. She actually was good. Um, yeah. I, I I mean, Baroness, to my recollection, is not under my control. She's just a bad person. Yeah. But yeah, she got the long black hair and the eyeglasses. They got that down. And, uh, you know, she was, uh, you know, she kicked ass, so it's what you want. Yeah, sure, man. Uh, Byung-Hun Lee, Lee as, uh, Storm Shadow. Eh, yeah, I mean, he was, uh, he invented the fidget spinner, I noticed that, I don't know if you <laughs> caught that. But... Yeah, I mean, he, you know, it again, it's like we got the generic ninja, and that's who he is, or yeah. we got Zartan, who's the master of disguise. It's like everybody's... Wait, I thought Dana Carvey was the master of disguise. No, it's Zartan, who just puts on okay. a hat, and it's like, disguised. Yeah. <laughs> Dealed. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about a lot of these characters, it's a, a spoiler for the end. It, this works better 
I would say this would work better as like if they did it like X Men, but honest, honestly, the it, it works probably the best, which having individual origin stories at least for some of the main people. So yeah, they started it. We'll see if they continue it. So yeah, well, well, you know if uh, if if they feel well enough about the reception of Snake Eyes, I feel like they'll probably do a Baroness story next, but I could be mistaken. Yeah, well, um, I think you could probably, yeah, you could do her, and um, I think you got to get Cobra Commander and Destro in there. Uh, yeah, they'd probably be in that. Duke and Hawk, you need something. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, main event: Channing Tatum. Hmm. As Duke. Yeah, it was. Um... I don't know. He was, he was all right. Um, he's, I mean, look, he's gone on to say that he hated this movie, so you could tell he wasn't like putting everything forth. But he also kind of backtracked later on and was like, "But it was cool working with Joseph Gordon-Levitt," and uh, so I don't know. Uh, he didn't seem like he was in love with it when I watched it. Uh, he didn't have. You know, fun with it, whereas a couple other people I thought had fun with the role. Yeah. Who who would you say those are? Well, I would say, well, uh, definitely, uh, definitely Hawk. He had fun with the role. Uh, Heavy Duty, Ripcord, um, and then I would, I'd probably say even Joseph Gordon-Levitt did, and uh, Destro, of course. Hard to tell with Zartan. He was in disguise so much, you know. It's, yeah. Hard to pick him out when he's wearing a hat. <laughs> You're ridiculous. You're ridiculous. So with that, I think we can get into the movie, into the plot now. Yeah, I think so. Oh, hey. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Critical reception. How do we skip that, man? Oh, I don't know. Well, critics, 37%. Fans, 58 Okay. Okay. That Those numbers don't surprise me. I would have thought maybe they both would have been a little lower, but I'm not too surprised. No, I am not either. It's uh, about what you'd expect. Yeah. And uh, I gotta say, as I'm doing like a, as I'm doing a, oh, see, um, let's see. Okay, here's the latest. In May of 2020, a follow-up film to Snake Eyes G.I. Joe was announced to be in development with the script co-written by Joel Schrample and... Anna Waterhouse, Henry Golding will reprise his role as Snake Eyes. Lorenzo Di Bonaventura will return as producer, while the direct while the project will be a joint venture production between Paramount Film. Okay, so I guess there's a sequel. Don't know who it's about, but Snake Eyes is in it. So they're gonna do a sequel to Snake Eyes, or well, maybe not. I guess Snake just I- the building of G.I. Joe, maybe? I don't know. G.I. Joe Ever Vigilant. What is that? Good descriptor of what they are. Ever Vigilant. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I think, uh, I think Ever Vigilant is, a, is the alternate title for um, Snake Eyes Origins. Yeah. That's a stupid name. All right, well, we open this movie in medieval times, and it's uh, someone is about to be sentenced for a crime. Dude, medieval times? Yeah. I haven't been there in ages. I haven't either. Oh, my, thanks. Yeah, you're, you're great. Great reaction, pal. Well, you're talking about the restaurant? I haven't been there in ages. Oh, I thought you meant the restaurant. Yes, I get that. Come on. Damn it. You never been to the restaurant though? No, I haven't. No. Uh, I believe it was one in Dallas. Yeah. Cool. I'm not you know what I'm not doing? Hey, they're fun. Going to Dallas to just to go to medieval times. Dinner and a show. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're ridiculous. I went to the one in Myrtle Beach when I was a kid. Mm. We spent yeah, I bet a kid would have a great time at uh, at medieval times, but a a twenty seven plus year old man, I'm not sure. I disagree. I would have a lot of fun. 
In fact, yeah. I still have that photo of as a family photo, and it's a good photo, so I have it uh, on my uh, table. We sat in the blue section, and voted, rooted for the blue knight, who didn't win. In fact, I think he came in last. Aw. Yeah. In fact, here's a good story. There was he he was already in last, <laughs> and there was this thing they had to ride on a horse, and like there were these um, it's like these things that you had to like when you rode by, you had to use your sword and like. Uh, swing it, and it was like a little, it was like a, a log, but it was really skinny, and but it was like it, it was, it was, it was a section of the log that was really skinny, I should say, and you had to hit that part, and then the whole log would ideally fall over. So there's only one place you can strike it, and he's doing it. Everyone, everyone completes this without fail, right? Every night, and here comes the blue knight. <laughs> He comes up, misses the first one. Amazing. <laughs> My dad just said, Jesus Christ, what's he got a broken arm? Because <laughs> we're already in last, and this dude can't even do the thing that all the other knights did. And it was, uh, it was like, embarrassing. Like, God, why, do we have to, why is this the guy we have to root for? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shameful. Yeah. He did win one of his joust matches, so. Oh. Um, but he had the lowest points. Dang. What a shame. I know. Medieval times. But either times. way, we're in medieval times. Yes. It's like another... I, I legit checked. I'm like, did I turn on the wrong movie? Because it's like, did, is this the man in the Iron Mask? <laughs> like, <laughs> how is this G.I. Joe? Yeah. So, open in medieval times, guy's condemned. He's got to wear this scalding hot Iron Mask. Yes. And then I love it. It's like, in the not-too-distant future... It's like, no, that's very distant. In the not-too-distant future, what is this, an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000? Probably, because I kind of riffed on the movie. But Oh. But yeah, it's like the not-too-distant future. It's probably about 500 years. That's pretty distant, if you ask me. I would agree. Yeah. Anyway, there's this company called Mars, and it's created a new weapon called the Nanomites, which are millions of tiny little robot bugs that devour whatever they hit. So the nanomites are being shipped from a factory, and Conrad Hauser and his team are escorting the transport. But I gotta say, for this company, they put their warehouse in like, what if we just put it in a mountainous area in the Middle East? That's that's safe, right? That's a great idea. No, no, it's not safe, not at no. all. <laughs> no. Anyway, so. They tra- they uh they're transporting it and of course the convoys attacked uh, by our first toy a futuristic little flying machine which didn't have wings oh it's kind of cool and it had the uh, it could shoot out these you know giant air bursts I guess kind of like what the, was in Steel if you remember that Steel you talking about that Shack movie we reviewed like a year ago. Yeah, you remember how he, they had that gun? It would shoot like a giant thing of air, and it would like <laughs> smash things. That's kind of what it reminded me of. Yes, yes, the Judd Nelson gun. Yeah. Yeah. So the flying machine takes out the convoy, and outboards, on boards. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, this girl named Anna, and she knows Conrad. Yeah. And during the fight, these four random people show up to even the odds. <laughs> yep. Which I liked this introduction, uh, although Anna escapes with uh, without the nanomites, and the four mysterious people they confront Conrad and his buddy uh, Ripcord. Although he's not called Ripcord yet, he's he is still called um, Marlon Wayans. Yes, Wallace. Yeah. Wally. So uh, they patch in General Abernathy, aka Hawk. He tells. Uh, Tells Conrad, hey, we're uh, delivering the package, and uh, take them, we're going to take you to where we are. So it's delivered, they are delivered, rather, to some underground base in Egypt. And they get there, and Hawk tells them, listen, we don't exist. We're a group of the best soldiers from 23 nations uh, who have, uh, we're a team, when everybody else fails, we don't. And... I kind of liked that, because when you watch the cartoon, it's not a branch of the U.S. military, and there is people from other nationalities 
in G.I. Joe, but they they just explain, oh, yeah, it's a group of the best of the best, you know, whatever. And I thought they at least explained it well here. Unfortunately, it was with some really horrible CGI, like when they're riding down the elevator. But Yeah, you know, dude. Yeah. Even bad for 09. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And then you you do have some uh, a bunch of lines thrown in there, like Kung Fu Grip. Hey, uh, that's my quote. Oh, sorry. Uh, knowing's half the battle. Yeah. Uh, the hair. Like, oh, this hair is so lifelike. So, knowing's half the battle, that's originally a G.I. Joe quote, huh? Yeah, didn't you watch that video I sent about the the YouTube where they dubbed over all the knowing is half the battle things? Apparently not. Well, they sent it, and you said I'd watch it later, and I guess you didn't, so you're I a guess liar. I, I suppose I did not, sir. I was probably absent-minded, probably elsewhere, you know? Well, it's anyway. The, yeah. every, every cartoon ends with, like, you know, it's like these kids are cooking when their parents are at home, and then it triggers the smoke alarm. And then, you know, like, oh, let me help you never play with fire when your kids, when your parents aren't home or whatever. You know, always wear a helmet, that kind of stuff. And they're like, wow, thanks. Now we know. And it's like, well, knowing is half the battle. That's great. That's yeah. great. So, See, I'd heard that quote before. I just didn't know it was G.I. Joe. Well, now you know. Yeah, and knowing is half the battle. There you go. So on a video conference with... Uh, the, the weapon designer, James McCullen, uh, we learn that he's a traitor, and his weapons, uh, he wanted them stolen by Anna, the Baroness, and yes. it failed. So McCullen goes to the underwater base for Cobra, and we meet this guy who's just called Doctor, and he's turned the nanomites into a tool to inject into soldiers. And it takes away fear and pain, and they demonstrate on this guy. And this guy puts his arm into a uh, cage with a cobra, and the cobra bites him, and he doesn't feel any pain, and then the nanomites expel the venom, so he's okay. So, I didn't mind this. Uh, you know, it's... I get it. I'm on, I'm on board. I'm on board so far. But, uh... Yeah. Won't last much longer, fortunately. So back oh, at uh, back at GI Joe, Duke wants in. I guess he's still Conrad. He's not Duke yet. And he tells Hawk uh, he knows everything there is to know about Anna. We cut to a flashback of Duke proposing to Anna, and then like right then, like in comes Rex Lewis, Anna's brother, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. And, and he's like, "Hey, I was in Third Rock from the Sun." Yeah, he's like, "Hey, it's up." Like, "Hey, hey maybe I should go by my middle name, Robin." <laughs> that's you... a spoiler alert for a movie we're gonna review in like three months yeah yeah Just... uh. so uh so yeah rex shows up right at the proposal because that's what you want you want your brother there yeah of course and we see then we see the thing i really hate about this movie the accelerator suit get it out of here but it makes you run faster and jump higher and has all this technology and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was like, we need to borrow from Transformers or something. Like, people, we can't just have these people being people. They need to be enhanced people. I disagree. That was the thing that was cool about G.I. Joe, is they all had their own speciality. Some would wear camo. Someone dressed like a ninja. There was, like, a Navy Sea captain who would just walk around like that. There was a guy in a football jersey. There was no cyber suits. No, get it out. I remember um, there was a guy in a basketball attire. Big law. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd have some be in the green camo. You'd have some in, like, the, the beige camo. You know, you'd have the people that would be on the water, so they'd wear the Navy outfits. Yeah, get. nobody had a, a super suit. No. Yeah. No super suits. Yeah. You watch the cartoon? Jeez. I already told pal. Not you, the director. I'm talking to him. Mm. Anyway, there's a training montage where we get Brandon Fraser, who's the trainer for some reason. I guess just because the director loves the this group of people. Uh, no, Brandon Fraser had to like beg to get that role. I believe it. No, like that's in the Wikipedia, and, and of course you you'd never get any lies on Wikipedia, so I I choose to trust this. I choose to believe it. Yeah. Uh, Ripcord also hits on Scarlet in the gym. I can't blame him. Yeah. So Cobra drills. We got another toy. 
Cobra drills their way into the G.I. Joe base. I'm trying to think, did I miss any toys? No, I think that's... I think we're... I think that's two toys for now. Other than the fake... Not counting the, the actual people, just the uh, the vehicles. Oh, I guess the accelerator suits could be kind of toys. Mm, no, that's a figure. Okay, so vehicle toys. This is number two, the drill. They drill their way into the base. Steel the nanomites. Scarlet and Baroness fight. Uh, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow fight. And Baroness and Storm Shadow manage to escape on Storm Shadow's uh, jetpack, toy number three. And they get the nanomites. And then we cut to a flashback of Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow as kids and why they're rivals. I just wrote, this will be told better in a future movie, so I'm not recapping it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, McCullen then shows off the Iron Mask we saw in the beginning. He's like, ah. This was my ancestors. He was a traitor, and he was punished with this, and now I have it. And his head's still inside. Of course, I learned my lesson, and I believe Baroness interjected, oh, don't don't deal with both sides, and and Destro interjects, or replies, rather, and says, no, 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 don't get caught dealing with both sides. Yes. Which is good, sound advice. Yes, and his metal hat, uh, a real real foreshadow. Yep. So uh, they want to target something in France for their nanomites. Yeah. And also Zartan, the master of disguise. <laughs> he, uh, I loved earlier. He just he goes into the base and just puts on like a GI Joe hat and walks around. It's like, oh, who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> he wore a hat. Uh, but he goes from that to now he's got the he undergoes this procedure. With he gets injected with nanomites and he can change his physical appearance, so much more of a master of disguise. Although uh, Zartan originally, I don't remember if he did much disguise. He looked like a, a wrestler from the '80s, so I don't remember if he was like, much of a disguise guy or like just like the the caricature of an '80s wrestler. He looked like he'd be feuding with the Road Warriors, like just oh. Just give give old Zartan a Google. Okay. He's got the face paint and armor and a... Yeah. I don't remember him being a master of disguise. Wow. Yeah, you can see that. Yeah. Let's see. Um, He works for Cobra. I guess he is a master of disguise. Makeup and disguise. Very little is known about his backstory, Mm. but he is suspected to have received European Military Academy training. Oh, okay. All right, he was. I just, you know, it's been 30 years since I've seen the cartoon. Give me a break. Yeah. Yeah, you, you came in. You, it was a Mandela effect. You came in from another timeline. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I remember he wore makeup because I always thought he looked like a wrestler. Mm. Anyway. Uh, but, yeah, he's got to – now he can just change his face. So good for him. And we get a flashback where Duke is on a mission with Rex, which resulted in Rex being killed, so that's why Anna hates him. I guess. And uh, Baroness and Storm Shadow, they take the nanomites to a lab where they weaponize them. So G.I. Joe tracks Cobra to Paris. Get a chase scene. It's not bad. And it, and some bad special effects, but it itself was not bad. It ends with the Eiffel Tower getting hit by the nanomites, and it falls over. So, oh well. No more Eiffel Tower. Yeah, man, that's going to ruin threesomes for everyone. Yeah. Well, there's still one in uh, Las Vegas and Cincinnati. Yep. (laughs) Yep, everyone knows the Cincinnati Eiffel Tower. (laughs) They do if they've been to Kings Island. Yep. Yep, for sure. So Duke manages to just to disarm the rest of the nanomites. Uh, but yeah, like I said, one enough. Tower falls over. Cobra then kidnaps Duke and the Joes, specifically Breaker, uh, uses a device on a dead Cobra member to track where the base is. That's not bad. I, I'd, I'd buy that, that you could read someone's memories when they're just dead because their brain's still alive. I that mean, sounds like uh, that happened in Push. Yeah, that's true. But this was science, so... Yeah. You can't question science. Of course, yeah. I believe in science. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Joes are framed for the attack on Paris, but uh, this was like a really lazy scene. 
where like they're like, oh, you're gonna be sentenced to the pit now, and you guys are in a lot of trouble. And then Hawk's like, well, make your way back here, but you know, if you want to take the long way, or maybe wait a few months or whatever, that's okay too. So <laughs> basically, it just tells them do the mission. Like, yeah. Okay. Then what was the point of framing them? Yeah. Uh, so they find the base for Cobra is in the Arctic. McCullen explains to Duke that he's using the warheads to instill fear, and when people are afraid, they'll turn to the person with the most power, Anthony Fauci. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, based on, yeah, anyway, he's not wrong based on COVID. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the doctor is going to make Duke into one of their soldiers, but the Baroness has uh, second thoughts. Why would she have second thoughts? Well, because she's a strong, independent woman. And she don't need no man, except unless it's Channing Tatum. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. can you blame her? Yeah, who could blame her? Yeah, he was Magic Mike. Exactly. He, was he the Magic or was he Mike? I think he was both. Was he the Orlando Magic Mike? Like, what's going on there? I don't know. I've never seen Magic Mike. No, me either. Kevin Nash is in it. I, I knew that for some reason. <laughs> so the doctor is about to perform the procedure on Duke, and he reveals that he is Rex. So, all right, good, good twist. So how did that happen? <laughs> and he did it because he was burned badly, so he wore the mask and monocle. For I swear to God, I thought he was Dr. Mindbender, the whole thing. I'm like, Dr. Mindbender does not look like that, but whatever, it's a movie. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this was this was uh, not Dr. Mindbender. Uh, so he was burned badly, but he learned about the nanobite, nanomites, from Dr. Mindbender. He, they show what happened before his explosion. He's in the lab, and Dr. Mindbender is like, oh, I'll show you everything. And he looks, and he's like enthralled by them. And then the explosion happens. Everybody thought he was killed. So Baroness frees... But, okay, let me, before I move forward. I get being like seeing something and being like, okay, that's awesome. I need to know more about that right now. But then he's like, well, now I need to uh, fake my own death and go and try and kill my best friend because these nanomites are more important to me than anything else in the world. Like, what? <laughs> what What kind of motivation is that for a heel turn? Yeah. Like, you saw a quick video of them before you blew up. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's, that's a pretty sweet. Um, I guess I should, uh, you know turn on my country and be a traitor and try to acquire these things. Yeah, um, I don't I don't know. It's pretty weak. Yeah. Well, eh, whatever. Anyway, so Baroness uh, frees Duke before Rex can do the experiment, but Rex injected her with nanomites, and that's why she was under her con his control, and that's why she really didn't really hate Conrad. She just was, you know, whatever, and they're like, oh, in order for her to temporarily regain control of her, you know, psyche must have been extremely painful, and you see, like, a tear go down her face, so she still loves him. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Joes... She's, uh, she's out of the sunken place now. Yes. Meanwhile, the Joes attack the Cobra from the base, from the outside. More not-great CGI... I will say the worst CGI in the movie was a polar bear. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> you can't get stock footage. <laughs> oh my gosh, nope. Do you remember the polar bear? Like, why do we need a CGI polar That's why the budget was so high. So much CGI. Yeah. And it didn't it must, look good. I must have tuned it out. Yeah, there was a polar bear. Yeah. So, Duke revives Baroness after McCullen takes a fireball to the face. <laughs> Elsewhere, Ripcord destroys a warhead from the sky, but mean... Oh, another uh, toy, this special jet with the Gaelic instructions. Uh, but meanwhile, the president is taken hostage by Zoltan, who was disguised as a Secret Service officer. Okay, was there someone else in the room, or did I not view this correctly? 
Because, like, Zoltan, he shoots all the other Secret security, secret Service guys, and it's just the president. Doesn't the door open, and the president's like, you, I can't believe it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that happened. Yeah, and he wasn't talking about Zoltan. He was talking about, like, a mystery person, and we never figured out who it was. Yeah, Maybe I don't know. in the sequel. I don't remember, but... We, I have not seen G.I. Joe Retaliation, so I don't know. Well, you will. Yep, in some time. So, uh, yeah, Rex and McCollin escape the base. Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes fight. Snake Eyes wins and kills Storm Shadow. Uh, Ripcord takes out the last warhead. Duke and Baroness chase after Rex and uh, McCollin. Can't quite catch him as the base blows up. And all the nanobites, nanomites are destroyed, and the Joes win. So then uh, Rex then injects McCollum with the nanomites to cover up his burnt face. He now has a big metal head, and he's like, uh, McCollum is dead. I am going to call you Destro. And then <laughs> Rex puts on a crappy mask and was like, I'll go by my middle name now, Commander. <laughs> Was it uh, was it Click Commander? Yeah. Yep, that's it. <laughs> but like the mask. Okay, Cobra Commander's mask is supposed to be a solid piece of mirror. Yeah. Which is kind of cool, but this mask sucked. <laughs> like I remember in the theater seeing it, like, nope, that sucks. Don't know what that's supposed to be. Um, but then speaking of sucks, this, this is one of the most anticlimactic endings in the podcast history. So you get this big reveal, right? It's Destro. He's got the metal head. Whatever you could say about the movie, okay, this is Destro. And this is Cobra Commander. He's got the, the, the mask. It sucks, but okay, he's he's not just Doctor anymore. He's Cobra Commander. And then Duke and the Joes are just like, all right, you're under arrest. <laughs> and then like the next clip is of them in the prison like we'll get free one day like what the hell was this yeah i don't know so Man, lame there is a reason you've not heard a lot of interjections from me and it's because this movie is by and large just kind of forgettable yeah it's uh yeah yeah no it's i i legit like i said i forgot the um the reveal. I've seen this movie. I forgot that the reveal is. Uh, I mean, like I remembered Joseph Gordon Levitt is Cobra Commander. That part I remembered, but I forgot that he was the Doctor throughout the whole damn thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, who's this character? I don't remember him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're uh, they're immediately arrested. It's like, okay, well that was great. Like, I'm just imagining like. Um, just imagine right after Hogan becomes the leader of the NWO, and it's like those three, and it's like, and all of us, all of a sudden, like Sting just comes back out and beats all of them up, and it's like, well, that was lame. Yes. <laughs> like Sting, Luger, and Savage get back up, and they're like, we're gonna fight you again, and then they just oh throw God. him out of the ring, and yeah. Well, that sucked. Yeah. That, oh my God, that is an excellent comparison. Well, thank you, thank you. Wrestling yeah. and comparisons is what I do best. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah, if I had to compare this to anything, I'd say I'd compare it to The Bash 2009. Ooh, nice. I would compare yeah. it to... Well, uh, you, you want to buy? I would say Great American Bash 04, but, you know, same I idea. The Bash 09 because nobody remembers it. Like, there's nothing memorable on that pay-per-view. The only reason I was so quick to reference it is because it's the first pay-per-view I ever watched. No. Well, that's fine. You never forget Actually, your first time. Sorry. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, I should um, I should rephrase that. as the first WWE pay-per-view that I ever watched live. The, the first wrestling pay-per-view I watched live was actually Turning Point 2004, if you remember the TNA show. It had uh, the epic uh, Elix Skipper. I do remember uh, that. The cage walk. Yeah, the cage walk. There we go. Yeah. Yep. Well, that was one of my all-time favorite matches. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was great. Better than better than GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra. Did we yeah. finish? <laughs> Just about. My first pay per view was WrestleMania Seven, which goes back to Sergeant Slaughter, who should have had a cameo in this, by the way. Old Sergeant Slaughter. Yep. 
He could have. He could have thrown Sergeant Slaughter in there. Yeah. I mean. Anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. Almost done. Duke tells Baroness he won't give up on her, and it'll take time to remove all the nanomites. Nanobites. Yeah. Mites, whatever. <laughs> and back at the White House, Zartan has taken over as president. Roll credits as Boom Boom Pal plays for some reason. Gotta get so that boom. Boom. I wrote, boom, boom. we are officially on a Will I Am streak. We are. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Will I love Am, it. drop the beat now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, you know, I once, uh, I was in a wedding. And they came out to, uh, tonight's going to be a good night. You should have left. No, I was the best man. Couldn't leave. And it was not the, it was not the groom's idea. You should have left. You should have been like, well, you know what? I was your best man. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, that was, uh, that was G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. And it sucked. Forgettable, um didn't stand out in any good ways. I'm giving this a gracious four out of 10 Bret Hart style. Yeah, I, I, I was actually gonna give it a four as well. Oh, uh, I mean, like I like GI Joe and it's, it's tough to do it where it's not cheesy or like, wow, this movie is just existing to sell toys, but I think it could be done. I mean, I thought snake eyes wasn't too bad. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, the CGI was bad. The plot was very straightforward. It was very much, you know, bad guys acquire a weapon, bad guys use the weapon, we got to storm the base at the end, you know. And uh, that ending when they're just like the big reveal and then they're immediately locked up in prison was such <laughs> a was so lame. Not good pacing. No. Like, why wouldn't you just have them get away? Like, yeah. what's what's the problem with that? Exactly. I don't know. Anyway, what's next week? Next week, folks, I want you to either, if you have a Hulu subscription, like me, log into Hulu, or if you, uh, you know, have the capability to download the Tubi app on whatever you stream on, do that. I have fire it. that up, fire either one of those up, and look for Astro Boy, the 2009 animated feature. Um, yeah, look for that next week. February 2nd is when that's going to drop, Groundhog Day. Uh, yeah, Groundhog Day, great movie, Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray. Uh, well, folks, I believe that's going to be it, right? Mm, yes. Well, thank you all for listening. And I'm going to throw a quote out there that was in the movie, of course, a reference to the toys. Boom, and boom, boom. You've got... oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to quote the song lyric. No, no, no. Okay. You've got, you've got lifelike hair and a kung fu grip. Try to be best, because you're only a man.